podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi, everybody. You are tuned in to this week's episode of Cop and Fracas. But before the main pod starts and the music kicks in, myself and Fahi are going to do a quick 10-minute segment on the events of this weekend and the treatment of Liverpool fans in Paris. And of course, the whole media narrative that has come out from not only UEFA, but the French government in the past kind of 48 hours. Uh, if you don't know by now and you haven't read it already, Fahi produced a really good and insightful piece on the events that he saw with his own eyes on the Patreon page. And that is available to read for free. So if you have not checked that out, please do. It will be on, it'll be under the link to the normal tweet as we put it on Twitter. But I'm joined with Fahi and Fahi, everything that we've kind of seen from this weekend in terms of the way that fans, including yourself, were treated and the kind of lies and deception that has come out as a result, I feel like we just needed to talk about it and clarify a lot of things. And more importantly, we had to kind of discuss how it's also been weaponized in the tribalism of football too. So I'm going to hand it over to you and kind of let you tell the audience your story and what you saw as you're in Paris on Saturday. Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, thanks, Chris. I think, obviously, I wrote that piece for um, the Patreon page that everyone can read for free. Um, I was writing that on the Eurostar, so I apologise if it wasn't grammatically correct or it sounded or read as if it was kind of all over the place. I was just trying to type in my words. Um, but yeah, I, I just think, I took yesterday to kind of just sit back and kind of just wind down. And then obviously today I've been online and I've just obviously been made aware of some things that have been said. Um, I've seen quite a few things said throughout the day from people I know and I don't know. And it's like, I feel as if it's it's not my responsibility, but I, I should be saying something, seeing as I was actually there. Mm-hmm. And I think that when people speak on matters like this, they speak from a, from a way of a, like an opinion, right? But there's opinion and then there's fact. And I can give you a fact because I was actually there. I saw it with my own eyes. Um, I'm glad that the British press have been reporting on it properly and correctly. It's the first time this has actually happened. Um, usually, obviously, I think they they kind of shy away sometimes. It's like, you know what, because they're not really sure of what's going on, they're going to be quite neutral with it. But I think yeah. because they they also were dealt with the same way we were, um, they feel as if that you know they're going to speak up about it. So obviously, we've seen with Sky Sports, um, Cave has been one that spoke a lot about it. Um, in terms of reporters, Henry Winter, Ian Ladyman, um, all these guys have been speaking up about you know how they were treated. Um, and yeah, I, I just kind of wanted to um, just make the point that I think it's easy for someone to type behind a screen and say you know um they're at fault or they did this they did that and not understand what the repercussions are of those comments and I think you got to be really careful when you do that kind of stuff because ultimately if you're not armed with the actual information and you're going out there saying things and you have a following of 10 20 30 thousand people whatever it is you're spreading information that just isn't correct and that could lead to a lot of hurt um and it's just not right. And ultimately, what I wanted to do was just kind of explain how it was and how difficult it was for many people throughout that day. I think it started off really well, uh, fan park, good vibes. And then you get to a point where 
you kind of like you're, you're queuing up to go to the game you're excited and then you're thinking you know what this isn't right something's not right and I said it to my cousin at the time I was like you know what something's not feeling right like it it doesn't seem organized and then you just see the way you're going in it's like, all right cool you see the stadium about 300 meters away and there's a checkpoint obviously we've been to Wembley we've been to all these different grounds and you see like how they deal with it and even in foreign grounds they do like a few checkpoints sometimes Wembley they don't really do it but foreign grounds they usually do yeah and the first checkpoint to get in if you've been to Wembley Way you've seen how wide it is when you're walking up the stadium right with this checkpoint, it was probably a third of the size. And bear in mind, I was there for three and a half hours before kickoff. They had, I'd say, five people. That's right, five people checking tickets. Bear in mind, there are thousands of people there, right? The police shut off the alleyway to get through to the stadium pathway. So you're kind of having to just if you've only got five people checking tickets, there's not really much room to kind of go through. And you've got thousands of people just kind of caged in like livestock. Yeah. And it's like, you can't move back. You can't move forward. You're just stuck. So if you're like, if you're claustrophobic, if you struggle with anything, or if you, if you need to run and go get something, you can't do anything. You're, you're just stuck there right now. Right. And it was obviously taking a very long time to get through. Um, these guys were checking tickets. And I'm thinking, all right, cool. So once they check this, It'll be nice and easy. You just walk through to the stadium, then scan your ticket, you go in. I had the digital pass. That just wasn't the case. They, they, before they checked me through, obviously there are a few people that went there with fake tickets. Correct. That did happen. That happens with every cup final. That is normal. It's annoying, but it, it does happen. But what I'll say is I counted in front of me. I counted how many times this happened. In total, from what I saw, in that time that I was queued up, I was queued up for a good 45 to an hour. I saw six, 19 people, sorry, that got turned away. Of the 19, six were definitely British Liverpool fans wearing red. Cool. They did try and attempt a fast one. They got turned away. They moved on. The rest were French people. There were French people not dressed in red, not dressed in Madrid. They were they dressed in their own clothes. They were just trying to get in and they got turned away and they got moved on. So that's what I saw. Right. And I was there for a good time. You go through that first checkpoint and then it's like there's no signposting. It's like, where are you going? So you're walking all the way around and then there's another checkpoint. You're like, cool. So this is the checkpoint near the gate now. So I'm like, all right, cool. So. The gate is in between, the gate is probably, what, I'd say 50 metres away from the stadium. And you're thinking, okay, once you get through this gate, it'll be all right. You try to go through the gate, they're like, nah, you can't go through this one. You've got to go all the way around. So, like, all right, cool. This is a bit weird. I'm seeing other people go through this. So, you go all the way around, and then there's another massive queue where they're checking for tickets again. And you're thinking, okay, cool. So, this will be it. Once you go through, that's it. Bear in mind, the gate is like the size of a door. And that's what you're having to go through. So now you've got thousands of people having to move around the stadium from the original checkpoint to now standing behind the gate. So those pictures you've seen where people are stuck behind the gate, not knowing what to do next, it's because they can't escape now and, and they can't go in. So it's like, what are they supposed to do? That's why they, they're kind of stuck in no man's land. So see, I go through that checkpoint. 
and then luckily I get through. It was like cool. And then there's another checkpoint before you get into the stadium. So in total, I had three checkpoints to get in with my stadium and um, with my ticket. So when obviously the French police are coming out and they're saying, you know, 40,000, 55,000, whatever, didn't have tickets and they tried to enter, right? And obviously of, the, of that number, whatever number they're throwing out, there's been quite a few different numbers they've thrown out there. Only 20,000 had valid tickets. So you're trying to tell me, obviously you saw how long it took for actual fans to get into the stadium, right? The game got delayed for 45 minutes. They got in at 8.45 UK time, or the game started at 8.45 UK time. People were still going in during the game. So you're trying to tell me that whilst those people got in, the remaining 20, 30,000 people were just chilling outside the stadium. Does that make sense to anyone? So people are trying to say that 40, 50,000 people went there with a fake ticket, which isn't true, number one, because that would mean over like 100 people per minute would be trying to enter with a ticket. That's just not true, with a fake ticket, sorry. So you're trying to tell me, so after the 20,000 people have gone in, the 20,000, 30,000 apparent chances, they were just chilling outside the stadium. That didn't happen. That just wasn't the case. The fan park was open. That's where people were watching the game. The people that travelled to the stadium, which was 40 minutes away from the fan park, they were going there with their ticket or what they thought was a ticket. Few chances, of course. Obviously, secondary market, people have been selling fake tickets. Some yep. people didn't realise they bought a fake ticket. If you saw Andy uh, Robertson's brother, he couldn't get in. Andy Robertson, a Liverpool player, supplied his brother with a ticket his brother couldn't get in because they said it was fake. So clearly at some point, something's not right with the system. Maybe UEFA haven't supplied tickets properly. Maybe they've not done the QR codes properly. It's been a massive shit show, right? But I don't think the issue here is to do with Liverpool fans. I promise you that just wasn't the case. It 100% was a policing issue. It was a UEFA issue. UEFA issue in the fact that obviously there's an issue here with the tickets, because people with legitimate tickets couldn't get in. These, these are people that are part of the club that couldn't get in. And then the other side of things is just the way the police kind of treated Liverpool fans in terms of just making them go through one narrow checkpoint. And that's what caused all the crushing. People were getting jacked in the queue. Like French people were trying to take phones and stuff because everyone knew the phones. Um, half, half the Liverpool fan base had tickets, which were paper tickets because that was supplied by the club. Mostly those that got like UEFA tickets or whatever, they had it on the UEFA app. So yeah. a lot of French people knew that, you know, these guys have their tickets in the app. So if someone is holding a phone or if someone's got their phone hanging out the pocket, they're pickpocketing, they're taking stuff off and they're taking their bags. And obviously you've seen the reports, a lot of people got jacked. Um, so obviously that's happened. And it's like, I don't understand how I can then come back to the country and I'm looking online and I'm seeing people say that, you know, we've done this, we've done that, typical Liverpool, all this. It's like, that literally just wasn't the case. If you actually look at the content, you're seeing innocent kids getting pepper sprayed. You, yeah. I, I saw a guy, he must have been like, what, 18 to 20, he's just trying to enter his ticket. And he's getting pepper sprayed, pepper sprayed by the police. And people are like, oh, well, he must have had a fake ticket. It's like, no, he would have gone through numerous checkpoints beforehand. So he's already he's already been approved, yeah? That's the final turnstile to get into the stadium and he's being pepper sprayed because his ticket's just not working anymore. So it's like, that's not his fault, but like the way the police treated him was like really, really poor. And they, they treated a lot of people like that. You've seen footballers talk about how their family were treated. I think Joel Matip's wife, 
Yeah, so it was Joel Matip's, Joel Matip's wife communicated it, and it was his brother um, and his pregnant wife. They were attacked before they even kind of made their way to the ground. There you so, go. Um, obviously, Jake Humphreys, BT Sport presenter, um, he, he's, he's obviously come out and said about his parents um, being stuck in a really bad situation and Liverpool fans making sure they're okay um, and trying to get them into the ground safely. And like you, you look at these stories and it's like, how can you then try and weaponize what's happened here and turn it into a football agenda? And it's like, if, if, if you're listening to this podcast right now and you are one of those people, I'd just like to ask you, what do you gain from doing that? I'm not really sure. I think you really need to think about the consequences of what you're typing out to your audience, to your followers. Yeah. Um, and like, what, what is the end goal here? Because it's served no purpose. It's not benefited anyone. If anything, it's just upset people and um, it's not right. So, yeah, that's all I really wanted to say. Um, yeah, obviously, there's a lot of reports going on right now. And, um, yeah, I don't really know what more to say, Chris. I don't know if there's anything else you want to ask, but hopefully I've kind of explained myself as much as possible. And I hopefully, like, if you are someone that's tried to weaponize this and you're listening to this podcast, you kind of think about the consequences of what you're saying. Not everything you think has to be typed out on Twitter. Like, yeah, it's agreed. just not needed. And I'm not here trying to give you like a life lesson or give you a lecture, but it's like, just think about what you're typing sometimes. Football is a game of sport. It's something we love because of, you know, the team that we support or whatever. But when you're getting into like the safety of another human being and you're making a joke about it, it's not right. First of all, I want to say thanks for sharing that because I know it was, it's not a nice thing to talk about. It's not a nice thing to relive. Um, so thanks for obviously being brave enough to come and speak about that on the pod and the writing as well. I think it gave, it, it really illuminated it for me. And it was a weird one because kind of towards the last 10 minutes of the match, I wasn't kind of thinking about the score. I was thinking about you and Pav getting back safely. Um, so that was one of the big things for me. Secondary, secondary, secondary to that point, I want to say on a follow-up as well. Tribalism is being wep- tribalism in football has been weaponized to not have a compassion for your fellow man. It's just absolutely abhorrent and just disgraceful because we saw always the victim trending the day after. And it, again, following up from what you said, it's just it's not a nice thing to see. And I don't know where kind of people get off in a way to kind of exploit that and use it to, in a weaponized manner to attack rival fans. Because we've clearly seen that the French police and UEFA have basically gone, okay, cool, we can say English hooliganism, yeah. this hasn't happened at any other finals, it's always when the English happens. They can use that as their defence, and they have done. Uh, even though we all know there were secondary issues because of that, whether it be logistics, technical, technical, or in terms of the local area itself, uh, because we saw thousands of kids trying to you know, jack people and X, Y, and Z. But yeah, it, it just people need to kind of think about what they say, especially for sensitive issues such as this. And we saw a lot of people have a terrible time at a football game. And one of the football, uh, you know, like you said, a football game is supposed to be a celebration. It's an occasion where we all express ourselves and go for the team. And when you look at our end and everything that went into it, it just looked really flat and no one could be bothered. Oh, no one cared anymore. No yeah. one cared. People just wanted to get back home. And that's, that's, that's really sad. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And you know, like, usually with, like, Liverpool and stuff, it's like a carnival atmosphere when it's a cup final. Like, you heard what it was like FA Cup final. It was mad. It was so much fun. But 
honestly, like Champions League, it just wasn't fun, man. It just it just felt like it was. I don't know. It just felt like it was grueling. And it's like, you know what? I just want this over and done with now. And, and that's just how it felt. And obviously a lot of people from our end felt like that. And, it's a little yeah. polar opposite as well. You know what I mean? Like we all saw the fan park, uh, the, the boss night fan park at the beginning of the day. And then obviously see what happens at the stadium. You can't say it's a fan issue. It's not. It's and been, also, also just yeah. to add, so, sorry, Chris, just to add, no, I, didn't, of course. I didn't even bring up the point that it happened to Madrid fans too. And yeah, it happened it to a lot of people in corporate. Like there were a lot of empty corporate seats and it only filled up halfway through the game. And I don't know if you've seen a report again, um, a lot of sponsors are complaining to UA for tonight about the way their guests were treated. So yep. it wasn't just exclusively a Liverpool fan issue. It happened to Madrid fans. It happened Listen, to when you've got when you've got Elch and Grito, who are yeah. not a very serious, I mean, let's let's be honest, they're not a very serious reporting organization saying that, you know, this was not what happened and this is what we experienced in a very serious tone. Yeah. That should really tell you that it wasn't Liverpool fans in general. It was a wider thing and the blame is being placed at someone's door who doesn't deserve it. And I'm really happy that the club are fighting back on this from every single aspect. Yeah, 100%. And, and, and yeah, usually like stuff like this, I kind of ignore, but I'm like, you know what? This time I've, I've kind of had enough. So... I, I just, I'm glad that I can kind of speak on it. And obviously, if anyone has any questions, please feel free to message me, DM me, whatever. I'm more than happy to talk to you guys about it and to kind of explain further. Um, but yeah, just just kind of be mindful about the stuff you say, man. It's just like, there's no need to always comment with weird football tribalistic agendas. Um, think about human life, number one. I think that's the most important thing. 1,000%. Um, and I hope if people are listening, they can absorb those words, take them into their everyday life. And if they don't want to absorb those words and they still want to be absolute weapons, please don't follow the, the podcast. Follow all of us. We don't want you listening. Goes without saying. Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, but yeah. But that's it, really. Now, now it's time for these guys to listen to Glam complain about um, the game on Saturday. And I'm sure he's going to have a lot to say. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, please do let us know what you think about Glam's comments about Klopp. Uh, should have re-signed his contract um, as we go in. So this is where the real fun begins. If you're here for the pain of what happened in terms of on the pitch on Saturday, you're in for a bit of a treat. Without further ado, this week's episode of Carpet Broadcast. Hey guys, this is Emil Heskey and you're listening to the guys of Coppen Fractures. Hello everybody and welcome to the last um, episode of the season of Cop and Fracas brought to you by Touchline Fracas. 
I'm your host, Julian, and I don't know if it's a pleasure or, you know, a punishment to be hosting um, the last episode of the season. But here we are, you know, two men up, glam, a, a, a Coppen OG, here to share the pain with me. How are you, sir? I'm good, my friend. How you doing, man? Yeah, long man, time, man. long time. Yeah, man, we haven't been on the pod for a while, man. It's been a while still. We've been obviously chatting away in the group chat, but never in, never on the pod, man. It's been a long time. And we're per- perfect pod for us to talk about um, your, uh, one of your favourites um, today in the squad. So we'll get to that um, very soon. But before we get to any of the um, fi- of the final breakdown in Sadio Mane, any of the news that's going on with Liverpool, I just want to quickly plug our Patreon podcast, um, podcasts that are coming out. Um, sign up for the Patreon, £3 a month. We've got so much stuff coming up. Literally last night, we recorded our award-winning transfer game. Still not sure what, what award we've won, but, you know, um, Chris tells me to say it, so I have to. Um, award-winning transfer game. Um, of course, to keep you to keep you guys um to keep you guys entertained throughout the summer, we've got um a lot a lot of stuff coming up, especially with you know um some transfer target pieces that um with a busy summer that we've got coming up with a depart with so many departures, we're gonna bring guys in. So um if you wanna get some great analysis from the lads, um sign up to the patrons for that as well. And of course, football and me is gonna come through. You know, um Liverpool aside, we also like to talk about our football journey and how we became. Um, podcasters ourselves and what our journeys to supporting the the club that we love. So yeah, man, just uh, sign up to the Patreon and yeah, now that all the good stuff's out of the way, the Champions Nasty League final. Nasty done. Thank you. Thank you. The Champions League final. Ah. I won't lie, Glam. Uh, it's, it, it, was, it was painful to experience. I kind of just want to get your yeah. feeling how you're feeling now, actually, after the loss, before we actually get into, you know, um, before we, you know, we run back into, on, onto Saturday? Yeah, um, I, I was disappointed, don't get me wrong. But you know what? I, I, I was actually shattered mm. than I was. I was more shattered and upset on the um, final day of the season, as much as it were in our hands. Mm. Um, but yeah, after I really found I wasn't... Um, I, was ups- I was disappointed... And just short. I don't. I don't think we've done enough. Mm. Um. Uh, but also, I don't think they've done enough. But you know, it's just one of them things where, yeah, man. Like, I could just how the keeper was playing. I know we're gonna get into the game. I just thought, but yeah, I could see. I see where this is heading, man. I see where this is heading. Yeah. Um. Weirdly enough, going into the game, that um, I I was abroad. Um, I was in Belgium for my brother's wedding, but we won't get into that. Um, but. I was watching it on French TV and I felt like it, it makes sense in France because if you didn't know, um, in Europe, Britain, Britain, British people and British teams are not are not fond of, they're not very fond of them and not yeah. not liked. Um, so when I was doing the coverage, they was doing a lot of Real Madrid legends, um, Clarence Seydorf, Zidane, um, yeah. Raul. Fibre. I was there. I missed the coverage. Um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was. I was actually going to ask that like, for the coverage. How was it in England? Because I heard BT Sport didn't really do the best job of uh, explaining. Yeah. Obviously, obviously, I see. Obviously, because I was. I was running late, so it's good that the, mm. the game was delayed because I needed it. it. It helped me out to get my, to my destination where I was going to. Mm. Um. So, but also, so most of the pitch side and what's going on, I see a lot of flittering around of videos and what's going on and. Mm. I mean, now I know false accusations because it's all about oh, what Liverpool fans are doing, but then now we've come to our 
attention. It wasn't that case. Mm. Real, yeah, real, real, real talk. Uh, yeah, that was uh, quite disgusting to to hear and see. And um, of course, um, I, 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 you may have heard at the start of the podcast, Fahi and Krish, um, Fahi actually went to Paris and um, gave a, um, a very good account, which you can also see on our Patreon piece, um, a very, uh, very well written and a very well thought out account of um, his experience as a Liverpool fan in Paris. And yeah, man, um, just seeing how things unraveled, I was a bit confused. I just felt like, okay, maybe they're just having some issues getting some people into the stadium and that's why yeah. the final started so late. But to see how things unraveled and to see how uh, UEFA and um, France um, tried to pin this uh, that, that kind of disruption on the Liverpool fans was quite disgusting to see. And to make it even worse, um, Graham, I know you're not on Twitter and to be fair, I'm not on Twitter as well. And we can just briefly touch on this. It's just a... Uh, just the general fans and the kind of, you know, they don't know when to kind of toe the line and be like, you know what, there's some things we shouldn't joke about. And there was a lot of jokes, like, not even a lot of jokes, but a lot of fake and faux concern because that's really what it was. Um, oh, Liverpool are going to get us kicked out of Europe. This yeah, is our oh, yeah, Liverpool yeah, fans yeah. are always like this. Liverpool fans are always like yeah. this. And it's like, when you run with these false narratives and you try to represent a certain fan base and a certain group, a certain people in a, in, in a certain way, it's very distasteful, uh-huh. very disgusting. And uh, uh-huh. I feel like um, a lot of people, even if you if you are listening to this and you were kind of uh, tweeting your fake outrage and making jokes about it, um, should be ashamed of yourselves. And the outlets especially that were reporting this kind of stuff. So, yeah, I won't get into it too much because obviously, of course, Farhi and Chris got into it. I will yeah. just, you know, keep it football. But as I, as I said, um, yeah, people should, you know, really start to think twice when serious issues like this happen because football aside yeah. people are human beings and things happen so yeah let's just move on for that and we'll go on to the lineup so um the lineup surprisingly um Kanate started um at center back of course we had the usual um back four um that we have but no Matip um Kanate starting there um how did you feel about that say again bro what was that uh Kanate Kanate starting Oh, brilliant. Well, you know what? Start, well, he had a fantastic game. Mm. Um, but starting, I was a bit worried. I'll be honest with you. I was a bit worried. Mm. I thought Matin was a shoo-in for his experience. And Kanate has done very well his first season, but obviously sometimes he can have his lats of conversation and um, positioning. But, you know what I mean? Wrong was, was I. He was the best centre-back on, on the best player on the pitch for us. Yeah, and, then he he really uh, put a good account of himself. Yeah, yeah, he did, man. He put it really. He, he done really well. I was really impressed. And yeah, what what a future star this guy. You know what I mean, we're, we're in good hands. Yeah, at twenty one, and someone else as well. Yeah, we're in good hands, man. Very good hands. Yeah, I was going to say at twenty one to you know be performing in the Champions League final the way he did, even though there was a bit of that moment of madness where, um, the VAR called off the goal. I just yeah. feel like he's so mature, um, so willing, so um, he's mm-hmm. very, he's he's just very sure of himself. He's not scared of the of the big moments, and yeah. that is someone that you would want. And hopefully, and he will grow to be, especially with a, a centre back like Van Dijk, he would grow to be an elite centre back at this club. So, good start sure. on him. Now move to our midfield, Fabinho, Thiago, Henderson. Now I know yeah. you are not the biggest fan of Henderson, so I would love to hear um, how you feel. About him starting. Well, it was it's always gonna happen, isn't it? There was no chance for him not starting. Let's be honest. It would have been him or Milner. Klopp don't trust obviously uh wouldn't trust Ox or anyone like that or Elliot. So, you know, it, it he was gonna start. 
either way, so I, I didn't feel nothing, if I'm honest with you, mate, because, you know, <laughs> captain, you know what I mean? So I, I get, I understand why he was going to start. Um, would I have started him? No. Um, but I would have put Naby in there. But yeah, it is one on one, didn't it? I, I get it. I get it. Oh, we'll get to Naby, sir. Um, and uh, the front three, of course, was uh, the front three that we've um, kind of seen start throughout the whole of the kind of semi-finals, quarter-finals since Diaz has come, really. Uh, yeah. Diaz, uh, Salah and Mane. Of course, I'm pretty sure you had no complaints about that. Yeah, no, no, I'd have no complaints. Obviously, if Jota started, mm. sorry, if Jota started, I would have been fine with it. But yeah, I had no complaints. Right, yeah. Um, now the now the team is done and the game. You know what? We'll talk about the the two halves. Uh, just just briefly. So the first half. If you ask me, um, yeah. I feel like we done really really well. Um, I feel like Courtois was able to pull out an elite performance to kind of keep us away from scoring. Um, yeah. Ram really didn't do anything in the first half, which we which in some ways. Um, depending on how you, you're thinking, yeah, it kind of played into their hands. Um, in many yeah. ways, like I kind of felt like the, even though we had chances, um, they knew what they were doing. They knew how to contain those chances into being just chances and not goals. Um, how did you feel? Yeah, yeah, no, um, you know, I, I think well, one of the things I said about Quartal before the um this game, I was like, he doesn't make many big saves. Imagine mm-hmm. <laughs> I said that to someone. And um, I think you say like the Marley one on the post was a good save. Mm. But on another day, you know, they would have went in. I think in terms of creati- creativity and chances that we had, I was I was comfortable. I was happy. I was happy with what we was doing. I don't think Real Madrid really gave us any um, danger, mm-hmm. um, so to speak. Uh, but, you know, they're deadly, in it? They're deadly. They, they, they have people on the break that can hurt you, Vinicius and... Um, Chelsea Benzema, um, yeah. those are two stand out. But yeah, no, I was I was satisfied with um, our play. To be honest with you, I can't even fault the first half anyway. Okay, yeah, yeah. To be honest, I feel the same way. Um, I feel like most of the frustration from that first half just comes from the fact that we just didn't score, and that could have literally changed the game. Yeah. And going to the second half, we still start pretty well. Um, yeah. To be honest, it was still all us. Um, but I'm, I must say, uh, yeah, that goal we conceded. Let's just get to the goal. That goal we conceded. Uh, talk to me, Glam. From your view, what happened there? Oh boy, 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 boy! It, 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 it was a catalogue of errors for me. Not even errors. It was, it was poor defending and position as a whole. I mm. think from the ball went out wide. I can't remember who it was. I had the ball, but then you had Robertson above the high line. Mm-hmm. Um, then you had obviously Thiago Fabino went to cut out the same pass. <clears throat> so, when yeah. that, so when that ball was cut out, when they tried to cut out and the pass into the middle, only Henderson was in the middle. Then you had two men and one out wide. So three, Real Madrid, and Trent obviously on the other side, Canate and Van Dijk. Now, you know, how, it's, how it looked, it seemed okay. Van Dijk was obviously joking the play with the ball. Mm-hmm. Trent's got a man behind him. Canate's marking a play as well. So, it looked to right, but how did the goal come about? It is school, but I'm sorry. Um, yeah, man. I don't, I don't, I, I saw Trent look at the guy. 
He's then looked back to where the ball's swinging, and he's he's just running into no man's land. Yeah, and the 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 fact that the ball found Vinicius so easy, he had an open goal because even watch it again, I, I don't I don't understand Addison's position either. Um, if you watch the goal again, he's far to his left. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he was expecting that or he didn't know that someone was in the middle. But if you look at the position, the, 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 he's more to his left, mm-hmm. far away to his left. But ultimately, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm on you lot's boy, Trent, man. It, that, that was poor. Ah, oh, bro, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you today. I'm, I'm, I'm prepared to give him some floggings because, yeah, as you, as you said, a catalogue of errors. It was just a mess, even from, from I think Robertson triggering that press that was going nowhere. And to be honest, I don't know if it's just me, Glenn, but I've kind of felt like I've seen that a few times this season with Robertson just triggering a press that goes absolutely nowhere, which just is disjoints the defense. Van Dyke, you know what? Call me, call me, you know, a Van Dyke fanboy, but I think because of that, and you know, of course, Van Dyke plays on the left of the of the defense. He had to kind of get out of position to kind of cover him, which then yeah. made Canate go to the left, which made Trent go to the left. But yeah, I think the centre backs, as you know, everyone's just going to have their Van Delegate jokes. Everyone's going to have their their time to kind of get up to Van Dyke. Cool, like let them have it at this point. But Personally, um, I feel like Van Dijk and Konate weren't at fault for that. But Trent... Same. That was, yeah, poor, poor man. And this is the thing. This is like, when when people criticise Trent, and I'm sure me and you are, are kind of, the, even in amongst our Copen group, we're the most uh, balanced when it comes to our assessments of Trent. And it's moments yeah. like this where me and you are talking about where we're like, as much as we can laud him for how good he is going forward, and we will laud him for how good he is going forward, and also we do know, uh, yeah, he is good defensively. You may not think he's good defensively, but I feel like, personally, there's a lot yeah. of games where he is defensively sharp, but moments like this yeah. happen, especially in big moments, kind of... Massive game. Yeah. It's 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 hard, it's hard, it's hard to look past. It's hard to look yeah, past. Yeah, no, that kind of... That, a goal like that to lose the final, I'm, I'm sorry, man. They got they they got to look at that whole thing. That, that is poor. Mm-hmm. Such a poor goal to concede it at any level. It's especially in Champions League. It's such a poor goal to concede, man. Easy, easy. I don't think Vinicius knew how much space he was in. It was so easy for him. And you know, we've got we've got ourselves to blame. Yeah, only got ourselves to blame. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, that that goal. It wasn't, and that's probably what hurts the most. We lost 1-0 and it wasn't the fact that it was a moment of magic. It wasn't like it was a, yeah. a great, a great, to be honest, a great footballing side that done yeah. us over with football um, as respect to Real Madrid. But we just got out-heritaged at, at its finest. We just got yeah. outdone, outclassed. And literally, as I said before, as much as I feel like we had possession in the game, we played right into their hands. We did not... Yeah do the necessary things that needed to be done to complete the mission and which was to bring the Champions League home. And after that, let's just briefly touch on after that. Let's keep talking more about Trent. Hall of Shame performance because after that, it was so chaotic. What Trent was doing was... Yeah, yeah, you you go on, Glam. Yeah, yeah, no. and, um, And for me, obviously... I will dig out Trent if I have to dig out Trent. But defensively, he wasn't sound. 
I heard, I heard a lot of people saying they were happy with game overall. But wasn't it just that? Even even the Thiago situation, like I said, I was saying to man, this guy is not going to be fit. This guy can't be fit. I'm sorry. <laughs> they didn't use that for he can't be fit. And then I heard in a warm-up, he was separated. He was at a separate warm-up. I'm like, why are we even taking a risk of him? Like, why? Well, to be honest, Gum, I think we're taking a risk because even in the game, I don't think he had a bad game at all. I think he had a very, yeah, 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 very yeah, steady yeah. game. And yeah, that's it. Yeah, the, yeah, the steady game. I, I, I would, I would have rather the, um, Elliot or Jones in there trying no, to do. You can't, something. you can't trust him in the champ. That's just throwing him into the lines. Then um, they no, will. Uh, it is, man. It's, 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 it's throwing him into the lines. Then, but then they would, they would contribute. Because I just don't think we have, we have Fabinho and Fabinho and Thiago going there. You know what I mean? We and then you got Lennison. We we lack legs. There's no really I do legs. get your point. I, you know what, Glam? This is this will kind of come to... The, that's why this song is so important because I do feel like that is a problem that we kind of have to rely on, a, let's say, 75% Thiago in the Champions League final because, let's be honest, like, if, if Keita was playing, I don't think I would trust him. If Elliot was playing as and Jones were playing, as good as they are, they are, they are still young players, literally still teenagers. Yeah, so yeah. I don't think I would trust them. But... It is a problem that a 75% Thiago has to play a Champions League final. And yeah, man, it just went to show because Amit Fool, to be honest, I don't think Amit Fool had a bad game. I feel like after that goal, Henderson, oh my God, doing that, reverting back to the, the things that we absolutely hate, that stupid no-look fucking cross when they give it to him first time and it just goes nowhere. Oh, It's just ridiculous. And this is these are the guys we're trusting in, in, in big games. If you look at if you look at our midfield and you look at Real Madrid midfield, like you got Modric there, but that, the guy is obviously a professor. Mm-hmm. And you know, I just think that we lack a spark in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got talented there, but we lack spark in the middle, and that's our major concern to get someone in in the summer to uh, for centre mid. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, off that we did we did it. We 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 was better. We was the better team overall. If you look at the both halves, we was the better team, mm-hmm. but we didn't do enough, and that, and that's the bottom line. You know what I mean? I think Kotar made some fabulous saves from Mane, from Salah bending. Um, he made another save as well, point black. Like he 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 was he was ready. He was on job. He was on job. Um, but we just didn't do enough. We didn't do enough. Maybe if Divock was on the bench and not injured, he might have got a. a, a um, a little shoeing, do you know what I mean? But you know, I think Diaz, I think Carvalho done Carvalho done a great job on Diaz. I have to say. Oh my God! Look, sorry, can I just interrupt yeah. and say that is what you call? Listen, I I was telling Peter heritage, man, heritage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like there's certain times where, and I know to some people it might sound like a like a football joke and and some and stuff like that, but you know why Real Madrid really won because they were so comfortable. They have players that have been to at least minimum three three Champions League finals. Yeah, yeah, come on. So many across the pitch. And come as on. much as Carver Howe is quote unquote washed and he's not got the pace. And even during the game, he was sweating and breathing heavy like a dog. But yeah. he still got the better of Diaz. Diaz got hooked. And that just goes to show even um even um the midfield, as we said, you said um Modric, and you, uh, it's crazy how you didn't even mention Casemiro and Kroos because yeah. you notice that even in the game, they didn't even go beyond the halfway line. They were just yeah. getting the ball, passing it along, and that's all they needed to do. Sometimes they'll get tackled, but guess what? Um, that means we'll lose our shape. 
and we're not really doing anything because I don't know to get up and contain Casemiro. To be honest, Jugador DM, but I don't think he had the greatest game. But he had the game that can guess what? Yeah, yeah. Win them the Champions League fucking final. Yeah. So that's what into I think we lacked the experience, the know-how, and especially after that goal, it just felt like we were panicking. Salah, yeah. as much stick talk as you was giving uh, before the game, you should be absolutely ashamed of yourself um, with that performance. And I mean, <laughs> in, and I mean in terms of yes, I don't think Salah had a bad game, but. In, in terms of the stick talk and in terms of what we expect of you, because let's be honest, man, like if you're asking for us to pay you like you're the best player in the world, and this is what I was getting at while I was so angry with him, yeah, you have to find a way to score regardless. Yeah. I don't yeah. care what, I don't care. This is what we pay you for, to show up. Call to our call, he had a good game. But I promise you, have, keepers having good games haven't stopped us from winning games before. And it shouldn't yeah. stop the top tier caliber player that we have, that we're paying that we're looking to pay top top tier, that you want us to pay you that top tier money, that you're talking like you are that top tier guy. Yeah. You've got to score. And that's where we have to yeah. kind of separate him from being an elite pair to an all-time great man. Yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 can't, I agree. And it's even worse so the fact that the talk that you, you had before, as you said, the stick talk, I just think that was just so... I, 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 I didn't... I, I understood it as raw. He said that. Mm-hmm. You have to deliver. You've got zero choice because right. you were playing Real Madrid. Even Benzema said it. Like Benzema's like, obviously, a lot of Liverpool, Liverpool think that they've already won it. And, you know, there's a lot of confidence coming through the camp. But at the same time, that revenge talk, like, if anything, that obviously just should have... That obviously um, motivate them. But also, Madrid have never lost a Champions League final. They've never. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand, even a form or no form, I don't understand. I, I was getting a bit pissed off with a lot of the predictions and the disrespect Real Madrid were getting. Fair enough, you can say Liverpool could win, but mm-hmm. people were like the owners are just like against us, man. But they were just saying, "Yeah, no, nah, Liverpool." Everyone had Liverpool down. Everyone had Liverpool down. And I just think you know this kind of gives us a learning curve that you're playing Real Madrid, regardless of what they're going through, whatever you're playing Real Madrid. Yeah, man. Yeah, literally. Like I feel like. There is an over sometimes at times there is an overestimation um with how great and how um and how you know uh how how we can actually like you know how good we actually are because yeah. games like that kind of show like as good as we are and this is very unfortunate to say because the proof's in the pudding now as good as we are we cannot look past people that have been comfortable like imagine glam you've been coming to work for five years comfy. Every every you 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 and your boys that you know have been coming true and they the, you you've you've done your thing at work five years comfy everyone knows you comfortable normal settings and a guy that's been doing it for what two three years thinks he can come and step to you and easily say yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna out to you it's not gonna work yeah. man like there has to be some sort of respect there and I feel like in some ways these players have been kind of humbled in the way that champions need to be humbled in a way where you need to feel. Yeah a loss. You need to feel like, okay, this is what champions do for you to kind of take that next step. And I definitely feel yeah. like this team has that level to do that. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. And I think obviously, you know, we're, we're, it's, it's it's a learning curve. I saw um, when they were celebrating, I'm glad, well, I saw Trent watching. I'm glad, I'm glad they did. Mm-hmm. I think you should, I think you should watch that because you, you, your appetite and your hunger gets you, it gets you more like, yeah, no, we want to get there. I know we've been there already, but 
Stuff like that. Watch it, man. Watch it. No point in walking off. Do you know what I mean? Get that in your system. Get that through your soul, man. And make you understand, no, no, no. We need to do better. And that's what we want to do. If you want to be there, then you got it. Because I know they were hungrier. I think, obviously, Real Madrid were more hungrier in the sense that they wanted it bad. We wanted it bad, but I just think complacency mm-hmm. was in our game. Yeah, we were confident. Let's be honest. We were confident. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we weren't underdogs. Well, Carl Rockcrop said we weren't not underdogs. We were confident. And, you know, we just didn't see it over the line. And that's the king, man. It's got that far. Should have seen it over the line. We didn't, you know. Boy, we move on, didn't it? Yeah, literally. Um, again, and what I'm and, and just to end on this, what kind of makes this season kind of uh even though I feel like uh we've we've you know achieved great things this season and I'm I'm very proud of this team. I feel like they've had a very good season. I feel like you know, everyone laughing, it's funny, but everyone laughing would actually bite their hands off to have our season, you know. Everyone laughing, you know, would love, love love to be us right now and to an FA Cup and a League Cup you know going all the way at the end of the season I'm very proud of these boys man like I'm very very proud of them but again I feel like we started this journey with uh with with you know losing to losing the league to City and losing the league and losing the Champions League to Real Madrid and what kind of hurts me a bit is that we've literally done that again four years later and it's mm-hmm. like it's tough. It's going to be tough for them to take. And I feel like they need to kind of have that for them to kind of push themselves to go to that next level. Because I feel like we have reached a certain plateau and now we need yeah. to reach another. So that yeah. is definitely going to happen. Um, and yeah, man, yeah. Um, that's definitely going to happen without one of our main, main players. Um, and we'll be discussing our main guy, the Senegalese king, Sadio Mane, leaving after these commercial messages. Hello and welcome back to Cop and Fracas. Um, thank you for those, um, seeing through those commercial messages. Um, we're now going to get to um, a departure of, well, I would call him a Liverpool legend and I'm sure Glam will now as well, um, Saudio Mane. Um, yeah, it's come out over the weekend. Weirdly enough, um, there was speculation um, leading up to the Champions League final that um, about Mane's future. Uh, Mane himself actually told us he's got some some good news for us. Um, after the yeah. Champions League final. Um, and that good news seems to be that he is um, looking to leave Liverpool Football Club after, uh, I believe, seven years here? Is it seven? No, sorry, um, six yeah. years here. Six, six, seven years here. Um, Sergio Mane will be leaving. And, man, what a time it's been for him if if he does end up leaving. Um, Glam, I just, I just want to get your views um, on Sergio Mane leaving. Yeah, um got a bit I got a distasteful taste in my mouth to be honest with you um mm-hmm. you know I think obviously the, the the comments are a bit baffling like yeah I got surprised when he said that like I'm thinking you only can say that you're staying because there's no surprise in terms of surprise is usually something you get excited about surprise oh hey yeah I love that um you know I don't love this news so I don't know if it's something's changed his mind or what but this ain't no surprise um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm gutted. You know, obviously, first and foremost, yes, he's requested to leave. You know, he hasn't left. Um, you know, but I don't know if it's an agreement. Obviously, you know, if they come up with a fee now, but it looks like obviously he wants to go. So we don't hold people against their will. But he's won everything here. Um, 
you know, I think in a sense that he wanted to leave, I can't lie. I'm a bit pissed off because obviously I'd rather I had known before on his contract come down. But at the same time, I think there's a lot of um not I, th- I think there's a lot of um animosity to the club. I think if you look over the years, obviously um you know Jordan Henderson deal got sorted out. You know, it was, it was a big public thing. Um, you know, we've been trying to get Salah signed down and sealed. And, you know, a couple of seasons ago, what is it, the 2020? Yeah, a lot of people were on to Marnie. A lot of Marnie was getting a lot of disrespect in terms of his form. And he wasn't, he had a poor season to his standards. But there's a lot of things that have said about him. Like, he's, he, I mean, he's not the same player, et cetera, et cetera. And I just wonder if those kind of things and the fact that his contract didn't get, was not on the table before, why he's he's sorted that he wants to leave because, you know, I know he's won everything, but he seems happy. Mm. Uh, I'm a bit, you know, I, I'm you know, I'm not gonna say I'm 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 annoyed that he's decided that's a surprise because I think that's a shit surprise. <laughs> At the same time, you know, um, why would you want to go buy him? You know, um, so I, I yeah, I'm a it's, it's a bit it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? I would love to know the reasons behind it. Um, I would love to know that. If you ask me, um, I personally feel like um, as time has gone on, I think there is a bit of truth uh, to what you've been to what you've actually just said. Um, in terms of maybe, and I feel like to be honest, I I I I wouldn't even frame it in such a negative light. Um, and I don't think you are doing that as well. To, uh, just to just to say, but I feel like sometimes you know with life, and I feel like with football fans, um, they may get may get may may maybe make things too emotional. Um, in terms of how people make, could, at the end of the day, football is a job for some people. And Mane is happy and he has had good times here. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of pressure playing for Liverpool. And there's a lot of, you know, as you've mentioned, you know, a lot of eyes on you, especially when you're not at your best. You have people saying you're finished, you're washed. And then you have a season like this one where you completely show everyone, you're like, yeah, I can still carry this team. And you may feel like, you know what? I've done six years here. I've completed um like how many liverpool players have countless liverpool players have come and have come and gone and they haven't achieved what i've achieved even countless premier league players have come and, and achieved what they ha- I haven't achieved what i've achieved a golden boot going to buy munich at the age of what 30 now to end yeah. your career in an easier league earning more money and you're still at a competitive champions league level where there is still an expectation he might mm-hmm. be like yeah you know what I, and you know, before, and you know, this is why I'm kind of, I've kind of made peace with this. And I feel like I will make peace with this with players in the future, especially because we're at a good place. It's like, yeah, like, you know what? Maybe it's good for Liverpool as well that I move on. Maybe it's good that, you know, I don't get to 33 and everyone's hounding me out because I signed a four-year deal to stay and I'm I'm not the guy that I was at 30, you know? Like, I personally feel like I'm okay with that. If Marnie wants to go, he can go because there's only so much you can do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah, and he's done a lot, and I feel like he's earned the right to go to a, a Bayern Munich. Is a, I wouldn't say a bigger club than us, but another major club in Europe, Europe. and get yeah, paid well yeah. and yeah. stack pad trophies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. And that's that's looking at it from a point of view, from a neutral point of view, and that's totally fair. Mm. Um, but I, I, I still I still don't get the surprise thing. Um, yeah, yeah, that that's that that was mental. That was mental. I want to quickly ask you though, Glam. Um, yeah. 
I'm just going to make a quick, because you mean you've discussed this before, and of course, you said we're going to get into it. I want to make a quick comparison. If this was a Mohamed Salah, (laughs) if this was a certain Mohamed Salah, Ghali, I believe you would be ripping whatever hair you have left on your head off. You will be going insane at the mitigated call at the 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 audacity of Mo Salah before a Champions League final to even have a smidge of speculation about leaving the club. So tell me, why is this so different? Okay, the thing is so different is because with Salah, yeah, Liverpool have made it clear they will give him the probably the best contract we can possibly give. This has been going on for a season now, mm-hmm. maybe even longer. But, but it came to it surfaced to the surface to the top with us for a season now. Now my my thing, especially all reports and everything that's coming through, is obviously and listen from Liverpool point of view and my club's point of view. I want to think about my club first, so mm-hmm. I'm like this guy is obviously wants to pay more money. Now, from Salah's point of view, you know, quite one of the best players on the planet at the time. Um, you know, you're seeing um, people getting paid millions a week. From his team's point of view, I get it. I want the best for my client too, and I want the best too. So the structure, obviously, Liverpool giving you that, it don't, it don't add up. Mm-hmm. But what I want is, fuck my life, just decide what you're doing. Like, I don't, don't, I don't, I don't like the whole dragging out through mm. the uncertainty in the season. And now he's made a statement and said he will be here next year. So his intentions now is to leave on a free. Fuck no. No. Let's tell him. Why should we lose out on a free? Because obviously it's much more beneficial for players now to leave on a free, which I understand and know. Because obviously that signing on fee, the players will get the signing on fee. So the clubs don't pay the club the fee, it goes to the player. Same sort of thing. I'm just going to think that I'm going to my club on our investment. I'd rather lose him in summer than have him next season, him to have got scoring and leave on a free. I'd rather that. But mm. it's dragging on far too long, way too long. And, you know, that's that's the difference. And in terms of money, I, wanted to, I didn't know money wanted to leave. But, you know, he's come out and he said, yeah. But obviously on the flip side, I just think if we had treated money like Salah, he would have signed. If we say, if we, say, if we were after him and said, yeah, we want you to stay long term, I think he would have signed. And it came, he kind of gave me the Sterling vibe because... We obviously with Brendan Rodgers. If we'd offered Sterling that contract a season before, Sterling would have stayed. But I, know, I, 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 I personally think, I personally think, to be honest, just go back to Sterling. I personally think Sterling just wanted out of Liverpool. I don't even think it was a money thing. Yeah, yeah I think like, once once he, he fell out with Brendan Rodgers, I think he wanted out. Mm. I think before he would have signed that deal. He would have signed if, that deal. If you sign, if you sign that deal, if you sign that deal, he would have left regardless. I think he would have either sent Man, maybe. Man City would have paid the money, probably not would that, have paid 75 yeah, M's not, and yeah. put him out. Yeah, not that season, but I just think that, that's what I think. But um, back to the point, that's why I think it's different. Mm. Like, because regardless of whether Mane, my favorite player, when, when it's going on too long and a player's holding out for, which is fine, they're entitled to hold out for whatever they want. But my priority is my club now. I'm like, okay. Well, just go then. You don't want to stay like Coutinho. Love Coutinho. But, you know, you've been dreaming about, if you're South American, dreaming about moving to Barcelona since you was probably 10. I get it. But cool, you know what? Let him go. Just go then. Because yeah, I'm on the same vibe, man. Because all this, all, this, all this dragging on is just 
it's too much. And the uncertainty, I don't like it. I just don't like it. Yeah. And I'm with you, bro, man, because I feel like I feel the same way. Like, especially with Mane now, it's a thing where I'm not upset. I'm oh, not mad. Man. I'm not like, it's, there's no connection. Yeah. Like, you've done your thing. I'm happy you've yeah. done your thing. It's like, even like Coutinho, um, you've done your thing. Yeah, as long as we get a good price for you, I'm good with you going. Yeah. So, yeah. did you did you think uh, um him leaving had an effect on the Champions League final at all? Like um you know his performance maybe wasn't at hundred percent, or do you think it had an effect on the team? Um, well, I don't know because the team the team may have known before, um, which probably didn't know, but the fact that he almost scored, he was winning, trying. You know, we can say yeah, maybe um it wasn't affecting him. Mm. We just don't know, mate. We just don't know. Like I said, we our um, performance wasn't the best, but we've done okay. But then, you know, let's go back to it. We played, we played as much games as we possibly can, 63 mm. games, you know. I think it comes to terms of Van Dyke. Obviously, he was injured last uh, few games. I don't think he was 100%. Thiago went 100%. Fabinho 100 But these guys rush back because of the importance of the game. Yeah. So, do you know what I mean? So, the, the whole... The whole atmosphere and the whole German dressing room might have been a bit indifferent in it. And obviously the occasion was switched. Obviously, with the up in happening in Russia, it switched to Paris. Um, the whole delays always going on outside. Players might have known what was going on. So you know, I mean Robertson and his, his family and friends couldn't get in, obviously, and whatnot. It's just like, do you know what I mean? So, mm. but without any, without any excuses or making things up, I just think that. A lot of things could have affected our game, but it'd have been nice to get off the line, just win it, and everyone just peace out, happy. But it's not meant to be. But this summer is a very important summer for us. Yeah, we've man, got big, we've got big things to do. One hundred percent. And uh, final thing on Marnie, because of course, as much as he is leaving, and um, we will look back to the good times. And I personally feel like Marnie is one hundred percent a Liverpool great. In my opinion, top yeah. five players that I've seen play for Liverpool. Liverpool easy um, would you say the same and would you call him a Liverpool legend yeah absolutely I'll call him a Liverpool player. obviously he's one of my favourite players one but mm. if if you look at we've got Mane from Southampton and I'll be honest I was one of those people who said why are we paying 32 million for Mane I was one of those I was, I was one of the person like what? oh bro I had a headache when we, when we paid 72 million, um, 32 million for him, for him. I, I, yeah. I, I went to sleep yeah, yeah, bro. Like it's one of the ones. Like, what a signing! Like he, he's he, he's been one of the one of the few players that obviously has helped transform mm-hmm. our club to where it is now. And you, you, if you look at the the picture going around with every single trophy behind him, like what, I mean, what a six years that six years that you had, massive. Especially massive, at Liverpool, man. Especially at Liverpool, like you know what I mean, and the amount of goals you scored and. He's been a fawn, like he's he's grown his reputation massively. Mm. Had we known it was that good, we would have got we would have got him way even sooner. But yeah, no, he's definitely a legend, man. That's what I call an absolute legend. I don't care about longevity if you're there for 15 years. It's about what you've done and not just what you've done, where if you're a Liverpool player and you're on a squad roster, mm. I mean what you've done and what you've contributed. And he's been a massive part of that. 100 percent man. And like again, golden boot every trophy yeah. there is to win even 100 Premier League goals <laughs> that's like yeah. a good that's what I'm saying like that's why I can't be mad at him actually thinking you know what it's time to pack it up man from Southampton yeah. from Salzburg to Southampton to Liverpool to the top of the world to Bayern Munich that's a good career 
And yeah. yeah, again, for me, top five players to play for to play for Liverpool. Um, one of the best wingers to grace the league, one hundred percent. I just want to ask you, what is your favorite Sergio Mane moment? Oh, boy, I, I got so many. What 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 would I say is my favorite? Um, do you want me to start? Probably, pro- pro- probably the um, come what year it was, <laughs> but the uh, one of the Arsenal games. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that goal at the Emirates. Yeah, 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 yeah. Imagine that was his debut, first goal. Yeah, was it? I didn't even realize that. Remember, it was the first game of the season. Um, I, yeah. I think we won four three. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, that was his first year. It was. It was yeah. right. It was his first game yeah. ever. Um, I remember that game so vividly because I was watching it downstairs. Um, I remember I signed Mane and my brother. My brother was actually he's a United fan. He was telling okay. me all summer, yeah, like, trust me, he plays football as well. He's like, trust me, this Mane guy, he's good. I was like, mm, I don't know. I was like you all summer, like, I don't know, man. This another Southampton done. I don't know. Bro, what he done to Monreal that game, after that, I knew he was yeah, the truth. Yeah, yeah. It took one game. Yeah, yeah. The eye, I call this this guy's serious. This guy's serious, fam. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Nah, you remember he, he, he um, scored a hat-trick against us, man? Oh, I mean, I, mean, oh. like, I think that's he, what we got to Yeah, yeah. We do that a lot. Even Benteke. Benteke take a dappy just up. the went up by him as well. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm gonna miss him, man. I'm gonna miss Mane. Obviously, I'm I'm, I'm guided by the conclusion that obviously he is gonna go. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know what I mean? Obviously, the deal, there's no doing play. He's still a Liverpool player, but we can't have he's he's still spying next season as well, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no point in having him and Fini there for the deals to expire. It doesn't make any sense, does it? You just have to just um, lick your wounds, get as much money as we can for him. Wish him farewell. And let's move on, man. A hundred percent, man. One hundred percent. And yeah, man. Uh, that kind of closes off the episode here. Um, not the happiest sort of episodes to end on, um, because of yeah. course we have, of course, the departure of a Liverpool legend and the Champions League final loss. Um, yeah, man. Glam. It's been real. We've had a hell of a season, and of course, it'll just mean you to end the to end the season, and this will be. Yeah. This would be it for us. Um, and of course, we're still going to be about um, dropping regular pods, talking about the summer. But we put cool. this one to bed, man. Glam, it's been real. Yes, my uh, bro. Good to see you, man. Good to see you, man. Good to see you, man. And yeah, man, uh, everyone, hold tight. And to, uh, oh, wait, and to just end this, to Liverpool fans, I just want to let you guys know, um, next season, 22 to 2023, you've seen what people have been saying to us because um, <laughs> they've seen us down. Be out for blood. Be shameless. Be a bastard. Be disgusting. Don't be afraid to get dirty because what we've seen and what we will do next season, I'm confident we're going to win the league. I'm confident we're going to win the league. Crash it on the ops. Make sure you do that. That's what Cop and Afrakas is asking you to do. Don't be humble. Don't be nice. Don't be, don't be reasonable next season. And that's it from me, man, just to end the season. So to everyone at home and to everyone listening on your way to work, on your way home, wherever you are, in the gym, at your yard, have a good day, have a good night, have a good morning, and we'll speak to you soon. Peace. Laters.
Podcast Network.